Rowdy McCrane from Play A Bigger Game. Welcome back to you guys that have been listening to the podcast for almost a year now. And if you're brand new, welcome to you too. We've got something fantastic for you today. So uh, the idea of Play A Bigger Game is to bring you tips, tricks, ideas and fantastic interviews that help you play a bigger game. And you know, We've had a lot of uh, great interviews on the show and quite often uh, they're from people that have got big profiles or they're speakers or they've written a book. But today we've got somebody on the show that's definitely played a bigger game but uh, probably in a bit of a more subtle way but doesn't make the game that she's playing any smaller. In fact, I think it makes it more important because she's doing work that not many people are aware of and you know, this podcast is a great opportunity to make people aware of the great work, the way that people play a bigger game that are not necessarily recognised across media in all shapes and forms. So today I have the pleasure of welcoming Sue Ann Lowry to the podcast. How are you, Sue Ann? Thanks, Freddie. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. So um, I've built up all the intrigue yeah. about you and the work that you do. And now uh, I'd like you to tell people exactly what it is you do and why you're passionate about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a great intro. Thank you. Um, so I'm actually a personal trainer. We have um, a business based here in Brisbane. Uh, we've been going now or almost into our eighth year. Um, but initially when we started out, uh, where we were a little bit different was, uh, we had a real passion for chronic health. Um, and that was in the form of either disease prevention, um, or management. Um, so when I grew up, I had chronic asthma from the age of two and, you know, a lifelong struggle with exercise and, um, medication. So I really felt when I chose to be a trainer that, I really wanted to help people who thought they were, when I was growing up, I thought I couldn't do it. And, um, yeah, my partner as well, his family had a history of type 2 diabetes. So together we, we created this business and um, here we are today, almost eight years on. And the business is called Fit Forever, is that right? Fitness Forever. Fitness Forever. And uh, <laughs> I love the concept of the fact that I, I know that you work with people who are reasonably fit and healthy but i love the fact that you work with people who wouldn't normally go to a personal trainer so uh, tell us a, uh, about a few of the people that you work with that wouldn't be your typical personal trainer audience or client okay so um in the last few years we've had the pleasure of um, training a few particularly special clients uh, one lady has cerebral palsy um, she actually started um, in a group session with me, and um, it's quite funny. Um, initially, I thought she was only wheelchair-based. She'd come to the class um, with her support worker every week, and she would always do chair-based exercises. We would always, always include her. And um, in the group class, like, obviously, everyone does their thing, um, and she always did very well. But we unfortunately had to end that class, um, and she decided to after probably a good six months, come along and actually try personal training. And uh, being the fact I knew her as well, it was um, <clears throat> already a great start because I, I kind of knew where she was coming from. But, um, yeah, she started started training with me and she's now been 
oh, probably close to six months and the achievements that she's made in that six months are incredible. And this is a lady in, in her 50s told from the get-go that she just wouldn't be able to do so many things in her life. And um, I could go more into that a little later if you like what she's actually achieved. I love the story. I love the line that you just said about she was told she couldn't and now she is. So I reckon this is the best time to dive in and go, so what is she achieving? A a great example, actually, when she first came uh, to the studio, she was in her wheelchair and a support worker brought her in. And so... We, we walked her over just to the to the bench and I got her doing some simple exercises, for example, resistance bands and just white balls like we had done previously in the group session. Uh, a couple of weeks in, she said, oh, next week I might actually try walking in with my walker. And I said, oh, I didn't actually realise that you could walk because she'd always been in the wheelchair. Anyway, from that point onwards, um, she just progressed and I she said because uh, every week she would actually look at the treadmill and she'd go oh my physio told me I, I would never be able to walk on a treadmill and like everyone would actually think that because she does have um her leg in a splint as well as one of her arms so I got to thinking and I I like to think how can they do it I don't like to follow the you know the majority and say that they can't so I got to thinking and um, I think at about week 10, I, I pulled the treadmill out and her support worker was there and I said, because she gets quite excited, like it's a, quite a bright part of her week to come along. And so I, she said, what are we doing today? And I said, well, look over there. And she goes, no. And I said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's give it a go. And for her as well, the feeling of even walking on a treadmill is so... Uh, weird because she's never had a ground move like that like we we would hop on it and feel a certain way but she actually has never when she can't really feel her legs that well it's it's really interesting so we we got her up there and um, had it on the minimum speed both of us either side and we had to even tell her I guess when to go because she she just didn't know how to judge it I guess but that day she walked her first 100 metres on the treadmill in about 7 minutes 30. And from that point, she wanted to better it. And um, her physio was astounded that she could even do it. So that was probably a, a massive highlight for us, training her. And so obviously her health is improving? Yeah, mentally, definitely. Her physio has commented on that as well. Uh, and her strength, so... Her right arm, for example, when she came, it was very weak because it was in the splint. And prior to the splint, it was actually curling, like muscular, a lot of muscular issues there. So um, we've done a lot of work uh, with boxing as well. She loves boxing. She was always told she couldn't do boxing. And we actually started things like towel pulling, where she's pulling against me. And the strength in her arms is incredible. So, and her legs, she's she's on the floor doing sit-ups with me and um, sit-to-stands, which is a great leg strengthener for her. Um, she went from fully needing both of our support to now I barely hold one of her hands and she does it without even the support worker. So, in such a short period of time, it shows 
when someone believes in you, you can actually achieve it. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I I think there's two critical things there. One, um, when somebody else believes in you, and so, Mm. you know, in this case, I, if you're listening to the podcast, I believe in you. I'm telling you, I've seen so many people that have played a bigger game from the worst possible circumstances. And so, you know, if there's anybody can play a bigger game, that's what I'm loving about this conversation is it just shows that, you know, if somebody else believes in you, you can do it. But the other mm-hmm. thing is you have to deliver, develop some sort of belief in yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so this lovely lady's um, uh, health's better, uh, mentally she's better. I'm interested how how fast is she doing 100 metres on the treadmill now? Uh, each time we probably get 10 seconds better, <laughs> which doesn't seem much for, for, you know, average people, but for someone who we can't throw her speed up a lot, as you can imagine, um, yeah, she's doing great. And what we found as well really helps. Um, she's not a... a really out there person for example on facebook she doesn't do a lot of you know self-posting but she's more than happy for us as a business to promote her with that we take a lot of videos to show her as well just how far she's come and it's great because as soon as we post them on our facebook page all of our clients and even uh, general public that follow us comment and really encourage her and she's just found that so rewarding as well which is awesome yeah it's awesome i've looked at some of those videos and uh and uh, while we're here we might as well give people the uh, the place to find those videos so what's what's your facebook address uh it's fitness forever brisbane fitness forever brisbane get along there and check out some of the videos in a while we'll tell you how to get in touch with sue ann as well so um give us some more stories about the wonderful work that you're doing the success that you've been able to have. Okay, there's another two great ones. Uh, one was um, a young boy that actually had Asperger's. Uh, he was 16 years old when I started training him and his mum came to me because he'd been quite bullied at school. He was quite a uh, tall stature boy, but you know, a little bit overweight, uh, but obviously not a lot of self-confidence and really could not communicate at all uh, with people. So I... I you know, really take my hat off to her for even thinking of a personal trainer because um, I guess not not a lot of people probably would, but they also wouldn't invest the money. So that was great to start with. And so when I first went along uh, the first session, he was quite obviously couldn't look me in the eye and he um, he did everything I said. He was very – we did boxing. I thought it would be great for him to try to express himself that way. Um, he was very dramatised in his actions, and I hadn't personally dealt with um, anyone with Asperger's before. So I acted normal and I, I chatted away, and he he said a few things, but, you know, obviously didn't make great conversation. Uh, but I said to his mum, you know, we'll give it a whirl and we'll just keep going each week. So uh, the second week – at the end of the session, we used to train in the backyard, so he actually went up and opened the door for me. So I thought, yeah, that's a, that's a really good sign. Uh, third week in, he was actually inside standing with his water bottle in his towel waiting for me at the start of the session. So that, that was also a good sign. Uh, the fourth week, he then said my name as I was leaving. He's like, thank you, Sue Ann. I was like, oh, no worries. You know, it's really nice of you to say that. And I, I found as we went along, I just I interacted with him as I would anyone and I didn't 
try to make him feel awkward. I didn't try to pressure him. He often needed, you know, just a couple of minutes just to hop in his little world, and that was fine. I just let him sit there. Or I just, you know, find something to chat about. And um, what I found over the next few weeks from there was he actually started doing his own little workouts at home during the week. So his mum, yeah, was really excited because he he started to drop some weight as well. But I think the thing that was really defining, I when I was chatting and, you know, we were doing our workouts, I I thought, okay, I've just got to find something where he's he's passionate about. So I ended up, he was right into history and with his schooling and whatever. So I'd ask him a question and he'd really open up. And from there it became Seinfeld and Big Bang Theory. So we'd, we'd always have and he was a completely different person when I trained him. And I would get there and he'd, he'd ask me what episodes I'd watch of the show and we'd, we'd do our workout and he'd recite the shows while we were working out. And it, it just became this really fantastic uh, relationship um, that we had while we were training. And his mum said, even then from that point, dealing with other people, just in the general public, he would actually be able to speak to them you know, he didn't just shy away. He could look people a bit more in the eyes and he ended up getting into university and he just, he came so far as well in the two years that we worked together. And I think the key was just, you know, persisting and just, I think you have to understand, you know, if somebody has a disability, you have to understand what it is. Um, same with Asperger's, you had to, not having dealt with it, I had to actually work with it and understand as I went along, not everything's going to work each time, but you have to persist and find that common place where you can relate to your client. Awesome. I, I love the work that you're doing. I, I love the way that you're uh, playing a bigger game. And, and before we hear the, the third story about the people that you work with, so I, I love that you're helping others chase down their hopes and dreams and uh, and the effect that it's having both mentally and physically for them. But I'd like to learn a little bit about you, Sue So uh, mm-hmm. what made you want to do this sort of work? Well, as I mentioned before, you know, growing up with chronic asthma, like I, I got bullied and I really struggled with exercise. I had two sisters that were super fit. You know, we all played tennis, but I'm the one that was overweight because I was on cortisone and for years I struggled and I, I still struggle with exercise now. I, I always have to have my Ventolin beforehand because it's exercise induced as well. And I just, I got to a point when I was in my later 20s and just thought, I really want to help people. I used to work um, office-based, but I thought I need to get out and actually help people. And as I did the training course initially, I just, like, I don't feel that I was the typical PT type, you know, when in the class full of people that I had. Uh, but I thought, why not? Why can't I do it? Um, and when I had a very supportive partner as well who said, you know, what you're saying you want this business to be, I fully support you, which was which was fantastic. So um, although we obviously came into this with the uh, chronic health idea in mind, like the, the people that I've helped, and it's it's just, it's everyone trying to better themselves, whether they're a professional who have a really high-stress job and they just need to fit, you know, 
fitness into their week and that's how they do it or it is someone that needs full support while they're working out you know that's what gives me the drive that's what gets me up at 4am every morning and you know come in at eight o'clock at night uh, you know just it's so fulfilling 4am in the morning till eight o'clock at yeah. night. oh my goodness so um so you're doing the very thing that people probably told you as a kid that you wouldn't be able to do yeah yeah and not only are you doing it, but now you're helping other people who've been told that they wouldn't be able to do stuff. You're helping them do stuff. Must be wonderfully rewarding work. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, and I think I'm not sure whether you know this, Rowdy. A couple of well, in the most recent Fitness Australia Awards, um, which were held, so we're up against obviously everyone across Australia as well, and we were audited and. Uh, by an external auditor of Fitness Australia, and we actually won one of 19 gold awards in Australia um, at those awards and also one of three quality improvement awards. And what made it so much more special for us was the fact that we are a home-based business. We do work with our local council and the local community, and all of our clients are probably within 15 k's of home. And we're not a big business, you know, we're this little you know, functioning business with a passion and, you know, we're able to get these incredible awards and we were astounded. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, played a bigger game. But, I, I, you know, I love it. The little businesses doing such amazing, wonderful work that creates massive change. It's a, it's an awesome story. And what about the uh, the third person you are going to tell us about? What uh, What happened with them? Okay, so... One that I love, which you may have seen a video for, is um, I currently train a lady who's 86. Uh, she just had her 86th birthday, actually, and she's got dementia. Uh, so I've actually trained her daughter uh, for a while now. And a couple of years ago, knowing a few of the other things that I did with my training, she actually said, do you think that there's a chance that you could help my mum who has dementia? And I said, I don't see why not. You know, let's give it a go. So um, obviously a lot of people would have heard about dementia, but it's like if you give someone an instruction, it can be like a, a washing machine and what you say just goes round and round and they can't, you know, their mind may not tell their hand what to do exactly. So it can be very frustrating for them depending on where they are with the disease. Um, but we started working with her and, you know, some things work, some things don't. It's more about um, getting them moving, I guess, and getting them doing things that, you know, dexterity with their hands. One of the favourite things that she loves to do, because uh, she she does it perfectly every single time, is play soccer. So we, and she's actually at an aged care or nursing home facility. So we're out on the balcony and I get her to hang on to a rail and her daughter always comes as well. And we start kicking the soccer ball and I can get her to switch, you know, left to right or just do left and right. And obviously at some point in her life she loved playing or kicking a ball and it just works. And you can, she actually smiles and laughs at the end of it. But <laughs> I've, I've seen that video. I love oh, it's it. A good one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a delight to see mm. the enjoyment that this lady is having kicking mm. a soccer ball with you. It's unreal. Yeah. I guess the, the tough thing with this is that throughout half an hour, she can come and go. So she'll understand, but then 
sometimes they get little uh, TIAs where it just blocks and what you said 30 seconds ago, she won't understand now. And if, you've just got to be on your toes. If something doesn't work, just change it. Um, and it's, it's just about getting their mind clicking, getting the neurons firing and, you know, just making her enjoy it, you know, getting some fresh air every day. Because um, one thing I, I love about her daughter that organised it too is, you know, I'm not sure how many people, if their parents had dementia, would even think um, to get them a personal trainer. It, it seems a bit crazy, but, you know, we have seen some great success with her and we have, I mean, the couple of videos that I probably have online, we have probably a hundred now that are all different exercises and you can see um, just, you know, what what the body does, it's it's incredible. And I think it, it helps you understand the disease a lot more as well. But for her to actually invest in her mother's um, physical uh, fitness like that, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, but I suppose she gets the payoff of seeing the joy and excitement, and not mm. only that, but the the how her mother's health has improved as a result of it. Yeah, and particularly when they're they're getting into the eighties, um, problems with falls can occur, and making them stronger through the legs again, sit to standing, um, throwing, catching, so that you know they're quick with their hands if they if they do tend to wobble and get them to step over. You know, eyesight often goes as well. So stepping in and out of hoops because uh, with dementia as well, their proprioception can be out somewhat. Um, so where there's a flat hoop on the ground, they might think it's a giant step. So it's it's getting them knowing it's okay and to practice those movements because that might cause them to trip if, you know, it, they've got to be able to get that motion happening Um but there's just so many things that we do with her and, yeah, her daughter does, you know, really find it rewarding and she does, they're quite a large family actually, so she often shows the brothers and sisters the videos and um, not all of them can be there, so it's it's great that they can see the work we're doing with her. Yeah, and uh, so one of the keys here, I imagine, is making small incremental gains, not massive changes. Yeah, I think too with in a case like this, you know, it may not always be a great session. Um, if we find if she hasn't slept properly or she hasn't had enough water, for example, it can affect what happens that day. But at the end of the day, we always say that at least she's done something. And that's the case with any of... Um, my clients, whether it be dementia or Asperger's or the cerebral palsy or mental health, when somebody comes in, everyone has bad days, you know, and I think as a trainer, you have to actually, you know, if something's not working, change it. If someone feels down, you've just got to try to pick them up and say, it's okay, everyone has days like this. You're out and you're being active. That's what's fantastic. You know, you just, you've given it a go. Yeah, give it a go. And I love the fact that you're, giving it a go and you know there's so much that you've just talked about with these clients that you're working with that have chronic disease but you know every single person can learn from the fact that first of all everybody has bad days don't get uh, don't get caught up in the fact that 
things don't go right. It, that's how the world is, right? It, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's messy up and down and, it, and it's not perfect. So I love the fact that you recognise that. I love mm-hmm. the fact that you also go, if something doesn't work, change it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the definition of insanity is doing the same yeah. thing um, and, and getting bad results and repeating that behaviour. It's just stupid, right? And, yeah. uh, and I love the... Um, I, I love the way right at the very getting, beginning of this interview you talked about the, one of the primary thoughts when uh, somebody wants to do something is not, oh, they shouldn't do it or it's not a good idea. I love the way that you just went, how can they do it? And we can all learn from mm. that, you know. If we've got hopes and dreams that we want to chase down, instead mm. of going, what's all of the things that get in the way? What are all the obstacles and how hard is it going to be? It's just... Just think, how can I do it? How how mm. could I possibly make it happen? So, Ed, uh, I, I love your work. Um, if somebody wanted to check out or check out more of the stuff that you do or get in touch, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can visit our website, which is uh, www.fitforever.com.au. I think that's what was confusing before with fitness and fit. Oh. <laughs> um, I can accept email as well, uh, pt at fitforever.com.au. Awesome. So uh, if you're listening to the podcast and, uh, you know, you've got a family member or you've got uh, some sort of chronic disease yourself, then you should get in touch with these guys. Um, Even if you don't, you should get in touch with these guys or at least check out the work that they're doing because it's inspiring it's uh, it's challenging but highly rewarding and it just shows you once again that, Every single human being can play a bigger game. In fact, they should play a bigger game because that's ultimately what we're all built for is to make progress, get ahead. It's uh, hardwired into our DNA and we should be doing it. And so uh, if you've got a question or an idea or or you know somebody that would be good to interview on the podcast, and that's how I found Sue Ed, somebody sent me an email, send me an email to podcast at rowdymcclain.com and I'll be sure to reply. Um, as Sue Ed knows, sometimes it takes a while, but we got there eventually. And <laughs> we did. It was, we did. It's been so good to have you on the show. And... Uh, I look forward to hearing about your journey and how you continue to play bigger games. Thank you so much, Sue. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rowdy.